welcome to the Awaken Coaching Podcast. My name is Bud Panasar. You probably haven't heard of me. Well, now you have. I'm a coach, and this podcast is for coaches about coaching featuring other coaches. That's a lot of coaching. Did I mention that I'm a coach? Thank you for joining me, and let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Awakened Coaching. I've got a very special treat for you today. My guest today is Tazim Elkington, and she's been voted one of the top 30 life coaches in 2022 by Disruptor Magazine. I hope you're looking forward to this because I really look forward to interviewing her. And she is so wise and so insightful. I think you're going to get a lot from listening to this interview with Tazim Elkington. And at the end, I'll tell you how to contact her. But in case you don't make it there, you can get Tazim at tazim.net, T-A-Z-I-M.net. You can look her up there. Right, strap yourselves in. Let's have a great show today. Hey, and welcome, Tazim. Elkington, it's great to have you on board. I've been looking forward for our conversation for quite a while. And I really just wanted to thank you before we get started for coming on board and, uh, you know, sharing your amazing wisdom with us. So everyone say a big welcome to Tazim. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. That's great. Great to have you on board. So let's have a little chat about you and the work you do. Firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live and what do you do? All right. So I'm based in Nairobi, Kenya, and I've been here since the last uh, 13 years when I got back after I lived in Canada for nine years. (laughs) And um, when I got back, I decided, you know, it was really time to look at how to um, how to literally share all my life lessons um, from a personal point of view, because I've been on this journey for over half my life. And uh, it was, it, it's, it's been such a deep and fruitful, fulfilling, challenging, really challenging journey. And so I thought, you know what, I've got to translate this in some way. So I came, my, my previous background was in tourism for 20 years. And then I was in Canada doing different things for nine years. And so coming back, it was about, okay, how can I take my, all the things I've learned in the corporate world, dealing with businesses and organization and planning, and how can I translate that to uh, offerings that will help people start on their own journey? And so I have two distinct services. I do a lot of corporate leadership stuff, uh, development, and it's very uh, controversial and very non-traditional. And then I started with the talk therapy, which was, yeah, 13 years ago, and uh, getting people to really start looking at themselves. Um, But over six years ago, I certified in hypnotherapy, um, I've done other, I've done the psychosomatic course when I was in Canada and uh, following that I did the regression therapy course, which uh, certified, which certified me in 2017. Right. So those additional tools were extremely powerful, extremely effective in helping people go deeper into their own healing. That's great. Yeah. And Tell us more about the journey you take your clients on. So the journey I take my clients on, um, so I'm very specific on the basis that if if a person has lived 30 years or 40 years and they multiply that by the time, by the number of hours they've lived, okay? So it's 200 and something, 300 and something, 400 and something thousand hours. And then the expectation, because people do not understand the depth of where they need to go, they think that three or four sessions will do it. And that's eight hours, 10 hours. And I say, look, if you've lived, if you've lived 400,000 hours or 300,000 hours, how do you even anticipate that in 10 hours your life will be sorted out? 
Right. So it doesn't work, right? So this is the equation I give them. So just think about it mm-hmm. and look at, look at the actual picture. So what happens then is I refuse to do less than 10 sessions. Minimum is 10 sessions and it can go to 15, 17, basically no, no more than 20 sessions because I also don't want to create the codependencies. I, I want to do a quick turnaround and I want people really, for me, it's take your life, take the reins and get on with it. So you're going to do an intense process and through that intensity, uh, we're going to help you burn a lot of that pain and hurt uh, and dissolve it. Okay. And then so, go to the level of the subconscious mind where the core issues are. Okay. So what brings the client to you? What are they, what are they experiencing that brings them to you? So that varies. It varies uh, widely because mm-hmm. it can be uh, relationship issues. It can be someone feeling something's just not right in their life. It can be, of course, as we all know, parental issues, mother, father issues. Mommy, daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> we all have them. We all have them. I've been through them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, and a lot of times people call me with symptoms. Yes. The symptoms that I am feeling anxious. I am feeling ungrounded. I am feeling um, unhappy. I'm feeling a whole range of stuff. And mostly people feel that they need therapy because of their symptoms. What they don't realize is that their symptoms are based on deep core issues that have been unresolved from the past. So we've got to dive dive in right to the thickest, darkest, deepest corners of their lives. Yeah, get into the darkness. In order to get to the core issues. Yeah. So so the symptoms they come to you with are some sort of pain, suffering, discomfort of some sort, and they're feeling that sort of, by the sounds of it, on a mental slash emotional level, and it's playing out in their lives in terms of their relationships or their work or how they feel about themselves. And then they come to you and they present, okay, well, these, these are my presenting symptoms. So just like a... You know, you'd go to a physician, oh, my left arm hurts. So they come to you with the presenting symptoms. So then um, from, from listening to you, it sounds like then you, you do some sort of analysis to find, oh, hang on a second, what's the actual cause behind this? What's going on there so that these symptoms are being presented? These are symptoms are surfacing, but the cause is, is actually deep-rooted. Yes. So then so, so from what I start with is a full history I map out the full history, which takes anything between two to three sessions. And I, I, I advise them of this beforehand, that the first two to three sessions, we're just going to literally focus on you, your life, which opens up uh, uh, that initial uh, creating the relationship, creating the bridge of trust between the therapist and the client helping them to open up to all areas. And of course, you know, we all know that um, people forget things in their childhood. People, people forget uh, experiences. So the more they speak, the more kind of things start to come up. And uh, the more information they can give me, the easier it is for me to map out their life. And from that map, literally, of their life story, the core issues are evident. So then we start with um, uh, the deeper therapy, which is going into the hypnotherapy, the regression therapy, the psychosomatic uh, therapy. And then my talk therapy involves a lot of discussions around belief systems, value systems, emotional intelligence. Um, what, What are their priorities? Why are they here? Why are they here? You know, a lot of people may have that question vaguely in their mind, but they actually don't ask the question. So why are they here? Who why are they? Why are they here, meaning why are they alive? Uh, yes. Right. Yes. On this Not planet, here in this particular this cafe or anything no. like that. No. <laughs> no. Like, why do you exist? You yes. know, that's an yeah. important question. Why do oh, you exist? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. 
Uh, question, a question that many people are running from. Majority, yeah, yeah. The, the masses actually don't want to go there. No, and so, you know, as, as we keep diving, uh, what happens is I get them to examine their belief systems because a lot of their beliefs are what causes uh, the discomfort, the mm. blockages, the limitations. So we do a full circuit on belief systems, get them to examine the belief systems, then we get go in and actually get them to reconsider replacement belief systems as well. And then that's done at the core level. So again, it's so customized and so personalized to the person sitting in front of me that there isn't a step one to five or one to 10. Mm. It takes its own route depending on the person's age, the person's uh, baggage, the person's um, uh, perception, the person's um, garbage that they're carrying because there's no other way of putting it. We're all carrying, (laughs) we all all have carried a whole lot of garbage. (laughs) So essentially it's um, come to me with your unique blend of shit and I'll help you clear it up. Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, there's, there's no better way to put it. <laughs> cool. So that, that sounds that sounds really superb. Tell us a bit more about um, exactly what happens on this 15 days or, or 15 sessions or, or more with your client as you're you're delving deeper and deeper down. What are you uncovering? What are the insights they're gaining? What's happening from the client's perspective? So from the client's perspective, it is um, generally surprise, sometimes shock. Yeah. Sometimes um, relief. Sometimes um, denial comes up. Um, Resentment comes up. So the whole point is looking at all those um, reactions or responses that come up and making them understand that when, now that they've decided to take responsibility of their lives, because they're the one in, in the room, then it's really essential that they understand that the blame game doesn't work and that they have to take responsibility. So working with them through that point that they have to take responsibility for their life, regardless of mother, father, grandparents, sibling, boss, spouse, partner, uh, cousin, friend, whatever, they have to take responsibility for their life. And if that's the, not if, the fact that that's the bottom line makes them understand that taking responsibility means that you can't blame anybody or anything and turning that whole uh, distorted way of life around. And so that's when we dive into the process. And at the end of the 12, 15 sessions, the person literally has turned their life around. And also making sure that they have the tools that when those challenges come up again, they know how to deal with them. They know how to handle them so that they don't spiral down again. This is the most important part because a lot of people think that once you go to therapy or once you do this work, challenges will stop in life. Oh, goodness, no. Welcome to the real world. Challenges may actually increase. So be prepared that... Life is not going to stop throwing curveballs. Life is not going to stop being challenging. What is going to change is how one learns to respond to those challenges and how one learns to deal with them. Mm. So I'm finding this very interesting and fascinating because as as coaches, as therapists, um, we, we often find that we've walked along a path and then our path essentially becomes the resource we use 
when we're working with someone else to to reflect on their life's journey to to create that sense of resonance to know what they're experiencing and also of course how to shift it um how to help them shift it and and overcome it so so tell us a bit about that in your life what 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 experiences have have informed you uh what, what experiences have shaped you into into who you are now oh you have you got the rest of your life to listen <laughs> is this going to turn into <laughs> one of those 12 to 15 sessions <laughs> actually i'm i'm going to come from the point where um i'm going to really just compress mm. it okay so my life journey now i uh, for me reincarnation really is uh is is the is the way it makes sense for me and so um this life my my choice of creating this life was literally to start from the point of birth and really go through the such major challenges that at some point i felt that uh you know i i i wasn't even sure why i was here because it was so painful it was so challenging you know i was born my mother left when i was 3 my father wasn't there so i created the stage to go through the most profoundly challenging experiences in this lifetime um i also came with a big um r on my forehead which is which stands for rebel so i questioned my uh i questioned where i was born i questioned uh the community belief systems i questioned the religious belief systems i questioned the racial belief systems i questioned the gender belief systems so going through the process why does it have to be like this so my process of questioning and refusing with the big capital r on my forehead which is still there meant that um I I I just didn't accept things for what they what they are and how they are. So and then going through literally basically raising myself and um then getting into a marriage which was extremely extremely challenging. Um I chose not to marry someone from my own community or from the brown lane because i felt that you know it, it's not necessary i had gone i i i didn't understand it at that point because i was only 18 years old i ran away from home i have done some crazy crazy shit as we as we can put it and so basically um marrying uh someone uh from from a different community from the mixed uh bloodlines Of course I put myself out there to be challenged even further. And then that didn't go so well there was uh you know it was it, it was just I I didn't understand the whole thing because I was so young I was so innocent I was so naive. Um so that took me through another journey of 17 years of dealing with a partner that um yeah came as my teacher big teacher Yes so understanding all of that and he's still my teacher even though we've been divorced you know 25 years it doesn't matter um it's still part of that whole karmic cycle and so i have had major major challenges in my life and i've had i had to learn from a very young age that i needed to learn how to find answers and solutions to all my problems because there wasn't a support system and therefore that was the best um life path which made me understand how to find resolutions and solutions and dissolve all my own crap um in order then to be able to present myself as a therapist in front of someone else because had i not gone through those challenges i wouldn't understand i i i personally for me i i don't feel that it's possible 
for someone to be a good coach, therapist, counselor, unless they have, you know, walked their own path. Because if they don't know the experiences of challenges, how are they able to understand another? Absolutely, totally. And I find that with, you know, speaking with coaches, with therapists, with people who are mentors, with healers, that they found that it's in their own darkness of their journey, the darkness of their past that their gifts have emerged from. Um, and, you know, that's where they're forged, where their skills are forged, where actually their being is forged. More, and they come out, you know, anyone can learn the tools, right? You can go and pick up a textbook and learn these tools and that tool and try and apply them, this, that, and the other. But really what, what true great coaches and healers and, and therapists do is they, they bring their being in, into the equation and their being transforms their clients. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Already I was, I was listening in and hearing about responsibility. It seems like such a big thing for you because you had to take responsibility from a young age for yourself. And, and henceforth, when someone comes to you and starts crying about their mommy daddy issues, where you see that they're just essentially <laughs> pushing responsibility away, um, it must be very sharp for you immediately just to go, hang on a second, have a listen to yourself, because uh, what you're really telling me is this, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me what your true superpowers are. Ah, so, you know, um, it's interesting you asked me that question because another thing that I've been feeling uh, for the last couple of years is our language. And so I like to mess with the language. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, there's trendy words and there's stuff that, keeps coming up as, as people evolve, as time changes, uh, uh, as time moves forward. And so when you ask me, what are my superpowers? I actually am not sure how to answer that only because it's ultimately, it's not about me. It's more about the person in front of me and how I can, I, I become the mirror and the catalyst. So because I have my personal experience and the skills and the talents and the gifts, uh, I'm also very intuitive. So I can read beyond the words, beyond the emotions, beyond the uh, story. So all of that comes into play. And I have really learned an amazing way of not getting personally involved in the story. So staying removed, being the mirror and the catalyst gives me the opportunity not to get entwined and not to get entangled in the person's story because then I will lose sight of being the mirror and the catalyst. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It's uh, so 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 you can you can stay clean and reflect the shit without getting stained. <laughs> there you go. I don't want to go into the washing machine all the time <laughs> when I have clients, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's great. And uh, I I think the, the the real skill with that is that it's not the usual conversation, right? Because in the usual con conversation that people, you know, we have as people and, and we're out there and it's, it's gossip and it's about stories and it's who said what to who and what I'm doing and what I'm doing with my life and this, that and the other. And it's all just a bunch of stories, right? Now to stay, to stay involved in the process by which someone is creating their story rather than the content of their story that's a real skill. That's a real art. That's, you know, and that's what um, I'm hearing from you is that you're, you're able to do that because I, I suppose if you don't do that, you're not serving your client, are you? Absolutely. And, and you see, the, the, the important thing for me is to make sure that I'm grounded. So I've been practicing transcendental meditation for 30 years. 
Okay. So I started way back when there was nothing here. There was, there were, there was no availability of uh, options and of spiritual, uh, spirituality per se. And I managed to find the teachers uh, and I started my practice 30 years ago. And while I was in Canada, I did the extended, the advanced TM. And that was, you know, three weekends in Toronto. And then we had the flying block in uh, Fairfield, Iowa, where the main center is. So my practice is very, very important. My life revolves around creating uh, whatever time slots and appointments based on the fact that I do my one and a half hours practice in the morning and one and a half hours in the evening. And this is really the most important thing for me because I must keep doing my work daily. And if I'm not doing my work daily, I am not, um, cons- I'm not transcending uh, day-to-day life. If I'm not cleaning that up on a day-to-day basis, then I am not as effective as that mirror and catalyst. I totally hear you. And, and that, it's beautiful to hear because I, I'm in real agreement of that. Um, I, you know, I sometimes quote Gandhi to my clients where Gandhi said, uh, oh, I've got a really busy day today, so I must meditate twice as long. And I absolutely love that because the, we, we're, we're such a society of doing, we forget about who we're being. And unless we keep returning to our being, our true selves outside of, um, outside of the narrative, outside of the story. Um, and, and for me, just like you, I have a meditation practice as well. And, and, and it's like, for me, it's become like brushing my teeth. I don't feel myself unless I do it <laughs> because I've become, become a different person from the person who didn't meditate. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, this, these are, you know, when I'm speaking, so again, you know, um, it's really important for me that whatever I'm speaking with my clients about, I am fully immersed in ensuring that whatever I am sharing is what I'm practicing. So when it comes to like, you know, you mentioned a few minutes, uh, just a minute ago about gossip and talking about unimportant, irrelevant stuff, because everyone's operating at a, mostly a lot of people are operating at that superficial level. And I, I can't have those conversations anymore, but I just can't. So my entire social network has shrunk as has my um, my personal way of life has changed so much because I was such an outgoing, extroverted, uh, all-embracing person. And in the last decade or more, I have become very different. I, my, 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 circle has literally shrunk because I'm not able to have these superficial conversations. That doesn't make me better or worse. It's just that I do not have the capacity anymore. And so I am clear that I, I, I don't want to engage in conversations unless they are of substantial matter, which are important and make a difference and therefore COVID has not been a challenge for me at all because I already started the process of de-socializing yeah. <laughs> and, and being mindful of what is in my field yeah. you know years ago self-imposed lockdown <laughs> ah, talk about it talk about it yeah, yeah. I mean Kudos to whoever wants to live their life the, the way they want. This is their right. This is definitely their choice. However, I have become more inward in the last decade, more and more inward, more and more quiet. And I can have a whole weekend without speaking to anyone and that's okay. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is you found that stuff noisy. Yes. Yeah, and that, and that you've almost 
I wouldn't say retreat. Retreat has the, the connotation of defeat within it. But you've chosen a, a quieter, wiser path for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, I can't do the noise. I can't do the noise. It's, and more so when it's disruptive. Okay. So uh, there's enough disruption in our work, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got to find those quiet spaces. Like, you know, Vipassana is another, um, uh, another fantastic, amazing 10 days of silence. And I've done, uh, I've done 11 of those courses. Oh, wow. Uh, it's the only time I stop practicing um, transcendental meditation when I go into Vipassana, because that's what is required. And I've done 11 courses, I think, in 10 or 11 years. Uh, one year, I actually did three, year, three courses. And this was because so much talking, even the talking gets... Um, it's sometimes it's challenging because this is our work and uh, the work requires the talking. So to go into those silences and emptying the mind uh, or, yeah, literally allowing the mind to rest uh, because the thoughts never stop, uh, which is, you know, a lot of people think that meditation is about stopping the thoughts. Yes, depending on how long you meditate, there are periods within my practice where it's completely empty. However, it takes years to get there. And so the, the Vipassana has also been very helpful for me uh, to literally uh, clean, mm. you know, uh, and, and, and uh, allow that quiet to, to, Re keep me connected to myself because it's like you said a lot of people are just running around disconnected from themselves and so it's to do this work I've got to be fully connected to myself otherwise I'm not giving that person in front of me the best possible choices and um, being that catalyst for them to heal yeah, I totally hear you. And it's it's funny that you mentioned Vipassana. I'm going on my first retreat in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, how yeah. lovely. Good for you. So, so that's, Good uh, so, for you. Again, I've wanted to do that for you know 30 odd years or something. So it's it's great to finally have the the opportunity to um, to be able to shut off the world and do that. So fantastic, great. So you did 10 or 11 retreats. So that's about 110 days of silence. Uh, yeah. that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. The amount of depth, uh, depth of practice uh, you've experienced with that is uh, some. You know, some people don't do that in I don't know a few lifetimes, maybe. <laughs> well, where there's opportunity, it's great to be able to do it. Based on the fact that, for me, I think it's it's the fact that. This is the life maybe for me that I chose to clean a lot of karmic baggage from many, many, many thousands of lifetimes. And so naturally it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a, a, a bit of flowers, etc. It's going to be tough. And then making the choices to say, you know, this is lifelong work. Once, once I got on this path, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this for, you know, the next year. Once I get to meditate in a year, in two years, everything's going to be done and I'm going to be great. Goodness, I've realized it's a lifelong <laughs> journey. It's not going to stop until yeah. I drop dead. <laughs> it takes me back to what you were saying at the onset. We, you know, we've taken so, so long to... Um, to to embed our neurosis and yet we want them out in a you know in an hour or two we want to be done with them <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> so do you do you encourage your clients then to also go within to spend quiet time or to meditate or to have some sort of practice so 98 percent of my clients 99 generally will go and learn tm and at some point 
are will do even vipassana because it's something i share with them however the the meditation practice yes absolutely and uh i also make sure that we have them checked at the physical level so i have an ayurvedic doctor that i work with <clears throat> and so they will go and learn the meditation they will go and look at their physical uh, uh body systems uh through the ayurvedic doctor so that we're it's holistic and then if they are not if their uh, nutrition is off then there's uh, uh we talk, discuss proper nutrition systems uh and their food intake then if they're not moving enough then we get them to start you know an exercise practice yoga mainly because I, I I've been doing yoga for 30 years on and off so now it's uh, it's something that I've actually incorporated uh, on a daily basis because I've personally gone through huge transformation in the last two and a half years um where uh you know when we talk about ascension the ascension process I've been going through this at the deepest level where literally I've had I've had four five six times where i thought that's that's it i'm dying now <laughs> and uh literally big parts of me have died they've literally died and it's been a very very challenging very painful process and so um even though i've been always mindful about nutrition and stuff like this however in the last two and a half years i had to really really uh get my physical into because it's the physical is always the last part and the most challenged part because it's the densest part and holds a lot of stuff from lifetimes so i've done panchakarma i actually just finished my third panchakarma uh last week So I I went to India last year and I did 3 weeks of panchakarma which is the most authentic uh age old ayurvedic detox for the body and then I did one last September and I've just finished my third one to keep me stable and so it's really important that people understand it is not just the mind it's the mind it's the heart it's the physical density of our bodies and uh it's also being clear that we cannot do this on a part-time basis this this becomes a lifestyle wow <clears throat> i love what you said there um and i i think the importance of that is something that can easily be missed if we're not really listening in for it which essentially essentially what you're saying is this isn't um about life this is life this isn't uh, oh oh let me go and polish up my veneer or my mask or put on some makeup this is about the transformation that goes on inside and and even for someone who for instance with this you know what you're saying is 30 years of meditation all this panchakarma vipassana retreats um studying hypnotherapy studying all the stuff that you have even with all of that there's it's always a work in progress we're all works in progress yes and i think that's Absolutely. beautiful because that also means that we're always becoming we never never there <laughs> always becoming yes absolutely absolutely and I, i i i for me i think it's really important for people to understand that we have such a we have a limited timeline on this planet birth to death so what we've done to this planet and how we have uh it's every one of us who's responsible for it that our planet has existed in this uh very extreme patriarchal very uh 
um, mental space. And that is changing because the planet itself is changing. I mean, we know about the Schumann resonance. We know about the fact that the planet itself is revolving and evolving at, uh, at, at, at a really fast degree. It's spinning even differently in the last decade than it ever has, and it's going faster. And this density of the age that we lived in, the Iron Age, is uh, become is going to become an old story now. It's it's the past, and in order for us to to be part of that evolution, <coughs> excuse me, we've got to really work on getting rid of the density within ourselves as individuals and as each individual chooses carefully to do this we are each then contributing to the planet getting lighter so that we can move into the next dimension into the next era we talk about the golden age it's not going to be like a a, a a hen laying a golden egg and we're receiving it. It's not going to happen. We are part of that change. We are totally involved, every single one of us. So for those who decide to make that choice, it is work. It is deep, hard, challenging inner work and it doesn't stop. Yeah, and what you're, what you're saying there really resonates with me. In, in the sense that the way I look at it is a little bit different. I look at it as sort of global consciousness, our level of global consciousness. And where is it that we're um, sitting? Where are we, you know, resonating? What are we putting out there? How are we being with each other? How are we being with other life on the planet? Um, how, how are we, you know, treating each other? And, and yes, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think we've gone through a massive shift. Uh, there's been, you know, a lot of greed uh, a lot of rape and pillage um, of resources of um, essentially what was, wasn't even ours to take in the first place. Uh, and our coexistence with, uh, with life uh, has become very dysfunctional from that. We've, we've, we've kind of lost ourselves. We've become orphaned from what it is that's created us. And then we sit there wondering why we, you know, no matter what we do in terms of um, accumulation, in terms of wealth, in terms of uh, building, building ourselves up from the outside, nothing fills the gap, nothing fills the hole. And we're still dissatisfied and we're still hungry and we still suffer. And then the answers are inside, right? How do you stop suffering from the outside? There's no pill, there's nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, but you've put it really well there. And once we go inside, we find that, you know, the, 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 the true answers um, are really in there. And, and it involves an introduction to the being, the being that we are, that we, we've been running from. We've been running from into relationships, into, into wealth, into busyness, business and busyness and whatnot. And, and yeah, I think it's, a, it's just a, it's a beautiful journey from that perspective. Yes, the, you know, the, the, the uh, innocent victims of that. Unfortunately, the bystanders like the planet and what, you know, what, what you're saying in terms of the wildlife and the destruction, the devastation. And yet uh, in our darkness is our gift. Yeah, absolutely. So when we, when, we, when we look at it from the point of view that we do live in a material world, we do need material stuff. We do need a roof over our head and money to pay bills and uh, food in our bellies. How much do we need? How much do we need? And so all of that is going to change. It is going to shift. I mean, COVID, whether it was created, whether it was uh, manifested for whatever reasons, the point is what that's brought to light is the fact that uh, it's time to wake up. It's really time it to, is time wake, to up. wake up. You're in the right place. You're on Awaken Coaching. It's here. <laughs> it's time to wake up. <laughs> so you mentioned um, our time span on this planet, you know, as, as beings, as ourselves, etc. So what's on the bucket list? So I... <laughs> 
There we go. There's the language again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a bucket list. Okay, I great. having a bucket list. Yeah. So, so item number one, get rid of bucket list. <laughs> get rid of the bucket. <laughs> get rid of the bucket altogether. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it gave me, I, I just had a, a, an image of, uh, you know, the way people used to use buckets to go and do their internal cleansing business yeah, <laughs> yeah the stuff the you bring to do in your sessions there you go here's my bucket <laughs> <laughs> so actually uh yeah um the the fact that um these bucket lists are what keep people into the doing mm-hmm. yeah um desires uh, mm-hmm. desires are what keep us completely um, enmeshed in the doing part, in the wanting. Um, So it was again a decision. All right, so what do I want? And uh, I I could have a list as long as a mile. And I decided, you know what? I am going to really work on operating from the basis that it's really doing, not doing. Uh, It's really about starting to live in the day to day. So today I'm here, I have to plan and organize for my clients. So you know, I book four to six weeks ahead of time. I That's something, unfortunately, uh, I have no way around because I have to schedule them. Then I have to be futuristic on that uh, and organize my diary. Otherwise, there's no way I would be able to, to accommodate people. How, however, when it comes from a day-to-day basis, it's really okay. So I wake up in the morning and, you know, oh, I'm still here. Right, so start my meditation practice. That's the first thing I do in the morning. And what do I really want? Nothing. Nothing. What I would, what I wish for is to keep going deeper and deeper, as deep as it takes, as painful as it takes, as challenging as it takes, into this process of clearing, being, and staying as centered as I possibly can. So that's fantastic. So, There's no, no, no external desire. And yet, they, and yet you seem to be alive with an inner purpose. Yes. And when it does show up, then I look at it and ask, all right, um, this is showing up and what is it showing up for? And what am I supposed to do with it? Yes, what I, what I want to keep doing because, you know, challenges don't stop, like I said earlier. And um, I, have, I have grown up daughters and I have grandsons. So one of them lives here and one lives abroad. And of course, because of our pasts, We've had, uh, of course, they're going to have mother issues. I'm still a mother. I'm not just a therapist or I'm not uh, this. I'm, I still have these roles that are attached to me as much as I'm cleaning them up. So the, the wish I have is to clear, to, to clear all these, um, clear all this outstanding shit as much as I, I possibly can, because even that's not in my control. I cannot control how much uh, my children will evolve. They're not even children, their adult children will evolve or how my grandsons will evolve as much as I have deep wishes for them that they will benefit somehow through the bloodline or through whatever, okay? Um, so yes, to clear up whatever baggage I I can and be the mirror for whoever is willing to be in front of me. And that's it. 
That's fantastic. Do I want to come to Australia? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to come to Australia. Yeah, I would love to have you here. It happens. Come over and let's let's help people shift their lives. (laughs) It would be wonderful. (laughs) That's great. Tazim, thank you so much for your time. It's just been wonderful to have you here. And and, uh, we are running, running a bit tight and I know you've got things to do. Do you have a closing quote for us? Yes, I do. Beautiful. And thank you for telling me to be prepared with that because I had a couple and I thought, okay, which one am I going to use? There we go. So I think for me, um, what's really important, which took me a long time to actually learn myself because we were taught since we were children how to lie, how to be dishonest, mm-hmm. how to gossip, how to project, yeah. how to all of this shit there's no other way of putting it. So having to learn to become a person who is authentic, and it's, an, again, a lifelong journey because those gremlins will show up every now and then. Yeah. So the quote I would like to leave here is, authenticity requires deep courage and a real sense of integrity. Beautiful. That is gorgeous. I have my own quote around authenticity. It's, my, it's an original. Do you want to hear it? Sure. You can't fake authentic. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Absolutely. There Thank you, you go. so much. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you putting in the time, the effort, and to be so, so honest and vulnerable. It really showed through. Who you are really came through today. And, and, and I am... Uh, I'm deeply moved that, that, that you chose to share so deeply with us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to um, seeing you again soon. Thank you so much, Bud. I so appreciate this opportunity. And uh, thank you for asking all these amazing questions uh, that were really easy to answer. Wow, it's going to be great. Let's see what unfolds in the future. Thank you, Tazim. Appreciate it. Take care, bud. All the best, huh? You too. Bye-bye. There we go. And I hope you really enjoyed today's interview with Tazim Elkington. As I mentioned before, you can contact her on tazim.net. That's T-A-Z-I-M dot net. And her email address is tazim at tazim.net. Couldn't be easier, right? I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that she is quite a special, special person and a special life coach doing incredible work out there. Now, if you enjoy these interviews, please do subscribe, like, and get more and more involved with Awakened Coaching. This is Bud Panasar, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for being with me today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to get notified about any future releases. If you have questions or would like to feature on the podcast, send me an email, bud at awakencoaching.com. That's B-U-D at awakencoaching.com. That is also the website where I have more resources for you super coaches. I hope to see you on the next one. Keep being fabulous.